It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Wednesday, November 2nd, 2016. We have 17 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have a gale warning in effect through late tonight. And today I'll answer a listener question. A listener asked me, what ships require bar pilots? But first, let's take a look at our Columbia River ship schedule for the day. We have six inbounders, six in the Astoria anchorage, and five outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. Our first arrival in the river is the Kang Yao. She's a bulker arriving from China, headed for Astoria's anchorage, and she will be going upriver to Portland eventually to pick up soda ash at the port of Portland. She'll arrive in Astoria's anchorage around 4 a.m. The African Sito is a bulker arriving from Russia, headed for Vancouver, Washington. She'll pass Astoria around 4.30 a.m. and arrive in Vancouver by about 10.30 in the morning. The Double Prosperity is a bulk carrier arriving from Japan, headed for Astoria's anchorage. She'll be heading upriver eventually to pick up wheat, but she'll arrive in Astoria's anchorage around 6.30 a.m. The Yulu Soy 11 is arriving from China, headed for Longview. She's a bulk carrier coming in to pick up wheat. She'll pass Astoria around 1 p.m. and arrive in Longview by about 4.30 p.m. The Dion is arriving from China, headed for Astoria's anchorage, going upriver to pick up weed eventually, and she'll arrive in the anchorage around 3.30 p.m. The Cape Flattery is a bulk carrier arriving from China, headed for the Longview anchorage. She'll be going to the port of Longview eventually to pick up pet coke. She will pass Astoria around 12.30 a.m. on Thursday morning and arrive in Longview by about 4.30, by about 4 a.m. on Thursday. In the Astoria anchorage off the downtown waterfront, um, we, in addition to those arriving ships today, we have the Sea Tribute headed for Vancouver to pick up wheat, leaving around 11.30 a.m., arriving in Vancouver maybe by about 5.30 p.m. today. The Frontier Leader is headed for Portland to pick up wheat, leaving around noon. You might see her in the Portland area by 6 p.m. The Roscoe Cypress is headed for Kalama. Corn, soy, or wheat are her possible cargoes once she gets there. Departing around 1 p.m., she could pass Astoria outbound around 6 p.m. And we we have the MG Mercury, the Ultra Vanskoy, and the Safari Voyager all awaiting orders. And in our outbound vessels, heading downriver and out to sea, we have a Canadian shipping lines vessel, the Right Honorable Paul E. Martin. She's leaving Vancouver carrying wheat at about 9 a.m., passing Astoria outbound around 3 p.m. The Popey S is leaving Kalama. Corn, soy, or wheat are the possible cargoes there, leaving around 9 a.m. and passing Astoria outbound around 3 p.m. The Furness Portland is leaving... Um, Portland, (laughs) with soda ash on board, leaving the port of Portland. She's departing around 7 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 1 a.m. on Thursday. The Eco Wildfire is leaving Vancouver, carrying copper concentrate. She's departing around 10 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 4 a.m. on Thursday. And the Baker River is leaving Portland, carrying wheat at about 10 p.m. She will pass Astoria outbound around 4 a.m. on Thursday morning. Well, in our marine weather forecast, we have a gale warning in effect through late tonight, and that is going to whip up the sea heights out there over the next few days. We have south winds in the forecast, 20 to 25 knots, rising to 25 to 30 knots in the afternoon. Gusts as high as 35 knots, combined seas 14 feet with a dominant period of 17 seconds between wave crests, and there is a chance of rain today. And as you look at the forecast through the rest of the week, the sea heights will stay up in the teens all week. And uh, the closer they get to um, to 20 feet, that's usually a little bit of a, of a cutoff point. That can be when the Columbia River bar pilots and the Coast Guard make a decision to to do what they call closing the bar, which doesn't mean that a big gate comes out. It means that um, pilots uh, suspend their services and the Coast Guard issues warnings to vessels not to cross the bar because it's just too dangerous. 
So it doesn't look like the seas are that high to make that happen this week, but whenever those seas get up into the teens, I start watching them creeping up um, to see if that's going to happen. There must be some kind of weather offshore generating that those waves, and the longer the wind blows over a stretch of ocean, the higher the waves get. So um, that's kind of the way it works out there. The wind and the waves go hand in hand. So I received a listener question a few days ago from someone who asked me this. What ships are required to have a bar pilot on board? They were asking, I assume, about pilots on the river. Just to clarify, ships that are traveling in the ocean from one place to another do not require pilots on board. The answer is a matter of law, although any ship captain in their right mind would certainly want a pilot on board if they were not familiar with this river at least. The Columbia has very strong currents and eddies in it, a narrow ship channel, and other factors that make it challenging even for people who know the river well. Newcomers need a guide, and that's what a pilot is. It's a marine pilot. Pilots don't take over the controls of the ship, as some people might assume. Rather, when they're on board, on the bridge, they, they stand on the bridge of the vessel with the captain, giving advice on the best course to steer. So the answer to this question overall is that most all of the ships that you will see on the river passing by have a pilot on board, a professional pilot who knows the river by heart and is trained, very, very experienced person who guides those ships in and out of the river. Now we have two different kinds of pilots on the river. We have bar pilots who operate between Astoria and the mouth of the river and river pilots who take the ships from Astoria inland to inland ports like Kalama, Longview, and Portland. The law requires that pilots be on board ships that are operating under foreign flags, meaning fl flags other than the United States, and that is most of the ships we see coming into the Columbia. You can often tell what flag a ship is sailing under, as it's called, by looking on its stern. You'll see the name of the ship, and then underneath it, the flag of the country th that it's flying under, and that's often something like Panama, the Marshall Islands, Liberia even, you'll see, and those are called flags of convenience. They are um, not necessarily where the ship's home port is, but um, a flag that they have taken on because it, it gives them um, cheaper fees, and there, there are many reasons why ships take on a flag of convenience. But you'll see many ships coming into the river with Panama on the back of their ships. Panama is a big flag of convenience. So um, another way you can tell what flag a, a, a ship is flying under is to look on the bridge of the ship. There'll be a flag flying there, and that will be the flag of its country of registry, along with the flag of the country in whose waters the ship is traveling. One time when I went to sea on board a ship that was traveling in the ocean that was not registered in the United States, um, when they came into, um, say, San Francisco, they had to put up the flag of the United States when they went into the waters of the U.S. along with the flag of the country that the ship was registered under. Now, um, pilots must also be aboard any U.S. flagships that are sailing under U.S. registry, and that is required of U.S. cargo ships that sail internationally, which is most of the cargo ships that come into the river here. Vessels that don't have to take a pilot on board include foreign recreational vessels, you know, just like sailboats and other yachts that come in here, and foreign fishing vessels. And if those vessels are under 100 feet or 250 gross tons. Now, that means that some of the bigger yachts that come into the river probably have to take a pilot on board, and you often do see them do that, I'm sure for safety reasons, perhaps even if they aren't required. Sometimes a U.S. flagged cargo ship will arrive in the river and have a captain who has a special federal license that allows them to cross the bar without a pilot on board, but this is a fairly rare occurrence. We used to see some ships that were owned by Chevron that uh, came into the river, and, and one of their captains had a special federal license that allowed 
them to take the ship across the bar without a pilot on board, but that, that's pretty unusual. So ships that want pilotage services, they must arrange for them ahead of time and then pay a fee to the pilots, and that fee is related to the size of the ship and its cargo capacity. So the bigger the ship, the more it costs to bring them in, and, and the greater the risk to bring a larger ship into the river. I mean, when you consider that these ships are huge, they have no brakes, and uh, wow, you know, they're as, as, uh, as long as buildings are tall. Um, it, it's quite a thing to bring one of these ships into the river safely, and they do it all the time. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day. <laughs>